Hello everyone, and welcome back to Keep Digging for Life, your seminary on the go. Uh, I was encouraged by one of my peers here at Dallas Theological Seminary to take a little bit of an expose of the how I believe disability ministry should be done in the church. Uh, if it has not been clear in my other podcasts, I myself have a physical disability. I use a power wheelchair for mobility. I was uh, born with this disability. Uh, thankfully, I have all my uh, mental faculties. I just have difficulty with uh, fine motor abilities. So, and this was a five-step process that I kind of reverse engineered in one of the uh, darkest times of my life of why am I feeling lonely and isolated from the church and it's really a a mind set change from what we normally think about as a church normally it's a top down uh, structure meaning let's create the program and then will attach people to it. But this is a bottom-up. It's not really a system designed for people with disabilities per se. So you might be thinking, I'm not a person with a disability. This doesn't apply to me. Uh, These steps are for able-bodied people who are able-bodied to enact towards people with disabilities. So uh, I'm pretty sure it uh, applies to you pretty much in all the normal circumstances. And I found these steps are just the normal elements. So these steps are notice, engage, research, incorporate, and advocate. So when we get back, I will delve into notice, give some examples, and the future podcast, I will delve into don't worry. I will get back to Bible instruction uh i just thought this would be a good necessary detour of how we in the body of christ uh should demonstrate and act thank you And we're back. So, as I said in the introduction, uh, the first step of the five-step plan for better disability ministry is notice. Now, by notice, I don't mean like, oh, you just see a person there. Um, it's, it's you see with an intent to engage. You notice that they're alone. You don't just see that there's um, a lot of time see that there's a permit and don't engage. Oftentimes it's like I talk to people that say, Oh, I see you at such and such a place and I'm like, Well, you never approach me, you've never done anything with it. So notice them. Notice that they 
actually are there and desire to go over to them. And it's, this really ties into the next element very well. It, you don't have to worry about uh, staring or at People, okay. And what I've observed is people in this day and age are so concerned about basically not uh, about staring that they don't that they don't interact they don't they're they're not aware of the surroundings uh, so really this first step is really quite crucial because if you don't notice somebody's there then you can't act. And the second step um, is engage, which I will uh, get back to in a minute. So hang tight. So the second step of the five-step plan for better disability ministry is engage. Now, engage is one of the most crucial steps. One thing that um, is important to realize is that people with physical disabilities, such as myself, can't often physically get to the person or to the group of people that are are there. So they can't physically engage. They I would have to sit at a special table or they're in an area with a step or things of that nature where we can't really maneuver. Or, as um, I like to call it, sometimes people are gathered in large groups that I like to call clotting, where there's no real way for us to physically get to or get in. We are physically almost located on this side, which kind of physically represents all the loneliness and elements that we are feeling. On top of that, oftentimes when we try to be with people, uh, I think well-meaning people say this. I don't know if they're well-meaning or not, to be honest, but they often say, you're in the way or move. And that makes us think that um, we need to be as far away from people as possible because that way they won't be able to reprimand us. So we purposely go out of our way where no one can see us, where we can't interact with anyone. And that's kind of like, and this creates within us uh, a mindset of nobody cares. Nobody wants to be with me. And on top of that, the prevailing thought of um, people, and I'll get into this later, is that we as people with disabilities need to make the first move. We need to go out and talk to people and such. And it's not really considered that 
they're the ones that need to make the first move. They think about what Jesus did a lot of times. He went to the downtrodden, the the marginalized. Yeah, there were were times in which they were in the vicinity and they uh, called out to him of sorts, but he still uh, brought himself to them a lot of cases, especially those with uh, disabilities of sorts. So um, that that's one of the elements of actively go to the person. Uh, the key in the next stage of uh, engage is uh, ask questions, ask to sit down. If they're alone, don't assume they want to be alone. And this goes for everyone. I can't believe that so many people let people sit alone. Whereas you don't know if they want people or they're too afraid to ask people. Ask the person if they want to see you to sit with them. Ask if they want to be like, you know? So where is the golden gun? Communicate, people. And this goes into the element of, in this engage, ask questions. Ask them about their disability. Now, I know a lot of people that are able-bodied are like, I don't want to ask them. I, I don't want them to feel offended. So, so, but oftentimes, one, we've been asked this question so many times, we don't mind answering it. Two, we know it's the elephant in the room. We know you want to know. And three, our disability, whether we like it or not, is inseparable to our lives. I, no matter what I want, I can't go into a building with steps. I can't not have someone to help me get up in the morning, someone to help me go to bed, things of that nature. I'm more than my disability for sure, but I am. I can never be unless God chooses to supernaturally heal me, which, God, if you're listening, that would be all right with me. <laughs> but be... But it, we can't ever be separate from it. So there are two extremes that I find uh, in how people often engage with us. One, they automatically assume a person with a disability is stupid, retarded. A very interesting story is when I had finished my undergraduate at Moody and I was going to Wheaton Graduate School. Um, I was heading back for the summer. And this girl came up to me and said, Hi, my name is such and such. How are you? You know, and I politely talked with her. And then one of my friends came by and I was telling him all my plans about, you know, finishing up Moody, going to Wheaton, getting my doctorate, which I'm still planning to, by the way, even though I'm... No longer at Whedon. But that's another story in my life. Um, and, and as I watched her out of the corner of my eye, her jaw dropped. And I immediately thought to myself, although this wasn't the most humble thought of my life, yeah, that's right. I'm mad stupid. So, yeah, I, yeah, so it was much more of a prideful moment. But that demonstrates how 
well-meaning people sometimes come with preconceived notions of the persons with disabilities aptitude that just don't work. So going back to asking questions, one, it's not, it's not strange for us. This is part of our life. And in fact, we like it. Uh, I, I've talked to several people with disabilities about this. We like it when somebody asks us about our disability and such. Because that's the biggest part of our lives. It's the ugliest part. You know, when people ask, how are you doing? And we actually tell them how crazy our day was and how difficult it was because our personal care attendant didn't show up or they forgot or I was trapped in a door and couldn't get out, which is why I'm very thankful for Virgo here because he can open the door when I'm stuck. Anyway, people interpret that as complaining, but that's just us telling our regular day. It's kind of weird. In the American society, we ask, how are you? But how oftentimes do we really mean it? If you say, how are you? Really, I would encourage you to want and wait for a genuine answer instead of the old Christian cop-out of, oh, I'm fine. We're supposed to be praying for each other, lifting each other up. How can we do that if we just live in a superficial sense where nobody talks about what's really bothering them? <sighs> anyway, I'm going on a minor rant here, but I hope you, my point really sunks in. So as you're talking to them about their disability, uh, learn about what their, uh, what their limitations are. What what can they do and what what can't they do? What they like to do. The whole point of this five-step plan, it can be summed up in one word. Be a friend. Show them that you actually care for them by spending time for them. Because our immediate knee-jerk reaction is to think, oh, people are just pitying me. And unfortunately, you as the person who is able-bodied have to overcome that horrible psychological barrier, which is often reinforced by the way people treat us. So just show that you care and and take genuine interest. Also, um, don't immediately do something for, for a, a person with disabilities, but ask. That accomplishes two things. One, it gives the person with the disability the ability to do it themselves if they can. Two, it shows that you are noticing the problem in their life and you are taking a, a vested interest in their life. Because oftentimes we're, as person with disabilities, constantly told, you have to be your own advocate, you have to be your own advocate, you have to... You have to fight for yourself. And it's exhausting. It really is. But it's so refreshing when somebody else notices that. Uh, or notices what we, what we need to have happened. So that lets them know that you're um, caring and 
showing an initiative about them. And as you are learning more and more about the person, you're compiling a list of what they like, you know, and thinking through, okay, becoming aware of what obstacles do I need to look out for, the, those sorts of things, which leads right into the next step of uh, research, which uh, we will talk about uh, next time. So, um, I, oh, before I end, I want to give you one real positive example of the five-step plan and and uh, just how it made a positive impact. Uh, this girl that I know, Sandy Dalton. Sandy, if you're listening, yes, that's a shout-out to you. So she came to me at a time in which I was wearing uh, Invisalign retainers. Couldn't get them out. The, the, and none of the guys wanted to help me. She, because of her experience on the mission field, was perfectly fine with it. <laughs> to this day... It amazes me that she, a girl, wasn't grossed out, but the guys were. I don't get it. But anyway, so as I got to know her, she continually showed herself to be a friend. And she even, when there was a play at Moody about people with disabilities, um, mental disabilities and not physical, that that's another huge difference. A lot of disability programs are geared towards the mental, not the physical. So people with physical disabilities feel like they don't really have a place. They don't really fit in with a lot of the programs that are going on. So anyway, during that play in alumni auditorium where it was, there was only one accessible entrance. And guess what? They blocked the entrance the one accessible entrance to the auditorium with a stage prop and to an accessible play. And Sandy immediately re rebuked them. I didn't prompt her to do this. This so amazed me. And she's like, you guys can't do that. You're blocking the accessible entrance. Uh, so that showed me that she was really caring about me and looking out for me. And there was uh, one final time when we were actually uh, together after she had graduated my final year, she had suggested that we go to the art museum because I knew Sandy, because I knew that she would research this. I knew that it was perfectly safe, perfectly fine, a wonderful, you know, element for me to do. So I was not afraid in any way, shape, or form. I could actually breathe a sigh of relief because I knew she had looked into all the details. I could just go along and have fun and relax. And it made me feel like a normal person, like I was actually wanted and valued and loved. I myself, because of the the way the church and people have treated me, I've struggled with actually the concept of God loving me. 
mentally I know it, but oftentimes I find in the church we say the words, hello, I love you, but we don't want you to be here, stand over there in the corner. So, and this helped me, at least in part, um, kind of counteract that. So, again, the steps are notice, engage, research, incorporate, and advocate. And I will be doing uh, uh, research and incorporate in the next podcast and potentially advocate. Uh, We'll have to see what the time allows, but I will pick this up in part two. Thank you so very much for listening. I really hope this tends to change the paradigm on the way uh, church does ministry with people with disabilities. And yeah, so... Thank you so very much, and don't forget to keep digging into Scripture. This has been Jason Epps. Thank you.